Nick Hart is a local comedian, so does that make his campaign for mayor a joke? On today's episode of The Mad Splainers, we talk with Nick all about his run. I'm Eric Lawrenson. I report on tech for the Cap Times. I'm Lisa Speckard-Pask, and I am the Metro Reporter. And I'm Abby Becker. I cover city and county government. And this is Mad Splainers Election Edition. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Another episode of Mad Splainer's Election Edition coming at you. Today, we've got a very interesting interviewee, Nick Hart. He is a candidate in the race for mayor who also ran in 2011. Uh, He's a comedian. He actually seen on Conan. seen on Conan. He made an appearance last year. And yeah, his campaign's kind of interesting. It's sometimes maybe a little bit not clear, like how serious of a candidate he is. He's a really jokey guy. I mean, and he's literally said that Madison should not end up with him as the mayor. So yeah, he's sort of running on the platform that that is a challenge. He's challenging Madison voters to get out and vote or else Madison could end up with a mayor like Nick Hart. So when asked the question, you know, is his campaign a joke? Is he, you know, serious about running for mayor? He often, uh, you know, flips that around and says, you know, Madison municipal politics is the joke and the joke is the low uh, turnout number uh, in in local elections. Especially first in like Madison. And that prides itself on being progressive and politically involved. And yeah, exactly. So much of what you hear from him at forums, um, it, I mean, it's funny. He's a funny guy, right? So he is lighthearted, brings that whole air of levity. You know, candidates often uh, stick to their talking points, right? And you hear a lot of, uh, you know, there's serious questions and with serious answers. And, and, and Nick is funny, which is great to listen to. He does in several instances, though, brings um, policy suggestions and he has, uh, you know, strong ideas about equity in the city, um, has straight up called the city racist. He also has some thoughts on uh, the police department, and we talk about that with him as well on this episode. Yeah, let's let's dive in. All right, here's the interview with Nick. So I want to know what was it like being on Conan? Uh, it was a little surreal. Uh, they, uh, you definitely feel the camera take your soul a little bit. <clears throat> <laughs> like, I don't know. They, it was, it was, it was surreal. I mean, you've done. I, once you get to that point, I think you've done it so many times that performing's not strange, right? It's you're. Oh my God, this is going to be on TV. Everyone is going to see me. Kind yeah. of strange. And they, yeah. I mean, they and they tell you like they're like, hey, Dana Gold has come out here and forgotten his first two minutes. So like, it's not live. You know, just if you're panic or you you, you they call it like almost almost a blackout. Yeah, you just kind of just go into the mode of performing, and then you get then done. It's you're over. Like, did I even do what I was supposed to do? <laughs> I'm I'm curious what it's like beforehand. Like, who calls you and is like, "Hey, you're, you you want to you want to be on the show?" Like, who does uh, that? Well, no one calls you. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just through people I'd met. I went mm-hmm. out and did the Seattle International Comedy Competition and did pretty well in that, and then came back to town. And there were several people that several other comics were like, "I'm going to recommend you to Conan's Booker," and then they wouldn't. Yeah. And then I, I had one last kind of card to play, and that was with a, a buddy of mine from South Carolina, Roy Scoville. And I sent him the clip, and I go, dude, just how do you how do you get on TV? Right. And he just turned around and said, I just went ahead and sent your clip to the booker, so maybe you'll hear back. You probably won't. 
Yeah. And then the next day I heard back. Okay. And then it was five months of sending the same clip over and over different ways. And it hey, finally well, happened. Yeah, yeah. So I, I watched I got the clip. super lucky. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, tell us a little bit about yourself. You know, what brought you to Madison? Uh, what do you do here? I moved here in 03. My mother is from McFarland, so we always grew up coming up here to visit. Mm-hmm. And my brother moved up here in 02 and got into production and audio engineering, and that's kind of what I wanted to do. And then I got up here, and I think I worked the first Halloween, Halloween of 03, down at the end of State Street, we built that stage up. And oh, wow. Yeah. We were there till like 4 or 5 in the morning. The riot police were pushing all the rioters towards us, the tear gas. And in I was the- like, all right, yeah, I don't want to do production anymore. This is nonsense. Yeah. Well, you were in the. Yeah. That was when it was cool. Yeah. The next year I, the next year I did not work it. And then I think that was 04. And then so 05 was when they started charging. And I was like, all right, I'm done. Then you got I'm out. Not, yeah, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was our wild times. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back when the city had some grit to it, I feel like. Well, so but let's cut to the chase. Why are you running for mayor? I moved up here in 03. I started working with him, Matt, who's sitting over here. No one who's listening. Uh, the campaign manager. And I saw the, the results for the primary in 07. And it was like 22,000 people voting the primary. And I was like, I, we can get 1,000 people just from the bars. How do we get on the ballot? And he's like, oh, we got to wait another four years. So we're like, all right, well, that idea's gone. I'm not going to be here in four years. And then ended up being here in four years later and was doing comedy. Mm-hmm. And was just like, all right, well, I said I would do this. So, so we're doing we comedy, you know, maybe a good way to get the name out. And then just jumped in. Yeah. So what, what has the process been like for you so far this time around? This time around, it's been more... I think there's just more interest, I feel, with with the the lineup of candidates. I think there's – it feels like there's more interest. Mm-hmm. And then with Soglin saying he wasn't going to run for re-election, that's when he was like, well, you know, I think we should probably do this. We'll just see if we can get through the primary. And then Soglin, of course, came back and said he was going to do it, which we kind of knew. So you weren't surprised by that? I wasn't. Were you? Matt says no. Matt is shaking his Matt's, head no uh, here. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of knew. Because I would have. Why wouldn't you? You've never – you're undefeated. Why, why wouldn't you just keep coming back? Just, just keep on yeah. coming. It's a job. Yeah. So so you ran um, – so you ran in 2011. 2011. Yep, and you are running now. Running. Um, has that motive sort of of testing voters and, you know, kind of challenging that idea of low voter turnout kind of remained the same throughout Yeah, because it's, it's stayed the same. Like the voter turnout isn't that high in, in the primaries. So it's still that – that's the kind of the uh, – strategy of getting people who normally would not be involved mm-hmm. involved in most of those people are sitting on bar stools so and those are my people well so you've almost dared madisonian madison residents to to come out and vote because if, if they don't they could end up with a they candidate like you with, they could end up with a comedian yeah as so their mayor. Have, have you given thought to what would happen if that does happen i mean if you do make it through the primary if you are elected what happen? what happens then do the job. I mean, there's you're if you if you get elected, you got to go in there and do the job. It's um, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's people who are there's someone who posted like it would be a every mayoral race should have a comedian running in it, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's just one of these things is not like the other. So Very if there true. was another comedian up there, we'd probably cancel each other out. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's just kind of being up there and just I'm up there learning for myself. So there's no motivation other than that mm-hmm. and to call out Madison and 
you guys better get involved. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, you're a funny guy. You're a comedian. Um, and but I mean, I was thinking back to the mayoral forum um, on January 9th. You definitely, you know, I've said this before, but brought an air of levity to the situation. Sure. You know, that was great. Yeah. Um, but you, you were also um, real serious in, in certain situations and brought up um, some big issues. I mean, you've you know, flat out said Madison needs to deal with its racism and challenge people to be as progressive as the city, you know, says it is. The racism thing is, you know, it, 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 the city is, has some racism. And it sounds crazy coming from a white guy, but just, but just growing up down south, racism down there, those people who are racist, they don't put themselves in situations where their racism comes out. Like they stay out in the woods they don't like in it's up here. It seems to be more like it's very backhanded, but you're kind of with, with people I've met that are African-American that are from the South and they move up here through conversation. I go, where is it more race? Where'd you experience more racism? They're like up here. Definitely. Like, and it's, it's not blatant. It's just something they can sense. I don't know. Very, mm-hmm. very better. Where like they can just feel it. Like, I think this is they're being racist here, but I can't put my hand on it. So yeah, I think I think it just I just be honest with itself, and that's the only way we can start to proceed and be more progressive as we claim to be. I guess I'm curious what what you think being as progressive as Madison says it is kind of means. I think it, it totes itself as being progressive, but like again, like when 20 percent are voting in your primaries in municipal politics. How progressive are you? You know what I mean? Like that's – I mean I don't even know – like down in Spartanburg where I'm from, I couldn't tell you. I don't remember a mayor. I don't remember anyone ever talking about a mayor. So you're as progressive as Spartanburg. And Spartanburg, you know what I mean? I, like I'm it, guessing it's, that's it's not a not high compliment. that progressive. Like yeah, they're not, they don't it's claim the, to be progressive down there. So that's – yeah, I just think that's, that's, the, that's the case here in Madison. Yeah. I mean so, so it feels good. It feels good to say we're progressive rather than showing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if elected, um, you are in this race. So, if elected, you know what would what would you want to do and act to sort of make improvements or, or change? I'd probably be working close with Toriana as the equity coordinator for the city. I mean, she's more in tune with this than I am, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and I think we've been sort of discussing this, but I'm curious what you think the greatest challenge facing Madison is currently. Um, the greatest challenge facing Madison. I don't know. Someone asked the. Uh, the, the the question I passed on at the uh, the forum, I felt like they were asking me how I'd fix the sky. <laughs> they were Are asking you, about the, the question regarding climate change. Yeah, climate change. Like, did you just ask me how I'm going to fix the sky? Like, I don't. We can do everything right, perfect here, and then the 150 million people to the west can mess it all up for us. So, I don't. Uh, the most challenging thing for Madison, I think, is just to prove that it's as progressive as that it claims to be. And deal with its race, deal with its racism. I mean, you know, I think obviously with an issue like climate change, right? I mean, that's a huge global issue, right? Um, but I think it's trying to get at also, you know, what what locally, you know, can be done. Um, and I think that kind of does play into how progressive do do we say we are? You know, what even if it is a small step, you know, what local small local change that could impact something greater, right? Um, I, don't, I mean, be- I, with with Madison, I'd say it starts with the lakes. Um, and trying to get those cleaned up. I don't know what can be done. I mean, that's that's you're talking about people who own property on the lake, the city with the parks, and you're dealing with farmers and the runoff from, uh, you know, that industry. I don't I don't know 
what can be done yet. I mean, there's still research to be had and read, carried out, whatever they do. And I think it comes down to homers. Is there is there something that can be – is there some sort of synergistic way to – is there plants that it can be planted along the lake that eat up the runoff, the nitrogen from the runoff? I'm talking like I know what I'm talking about, but <laughs> – it's it's I don't know. There's there's definitely things that have to be done though. I mean, when you've got parks that are closed six weeks out of the summer just because of blue green algae, right? It's uh, that stuff is nasty. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you just I live two blocks from Tenney Park, and you just see it turn green. You're like, and there are people still fishing down there. You're like, how in the world? I couldn't trust. You can't eat that. That, like, that algae, right? Oh my god, no. So a couple of other bigger issues I know we've talked about in the past um, was your views on um, on on the police department and kind yeah. of patrolling. Could you kind of explain to listeners what your stance is on that and sort of what change you envision or recommendation you know you were thinking? I think there is, especially in Madison, there is a a window when if it doesn't work, we can always go back to the status quo. But I think Madison is one of the few cities that could benefit from having a more community policing where it's they're set up like the fire department rather than a patrolling law enforcement. So you'd like to see fewer police officers fewer on, out? Yeah. Fewer, uh, we take, you know, they get stations throughout the city. Uh, they use downtime to um, receive more training on de-escalating situations, uh, more uh, training in disarming people without using their service weapon. And through, I don't know, whatever, jujitsu, teach them something that, you know, they don't, they're not, they're more confident in taking someone down through hand to hand rather than I'm just pulling my gun. I understand pulling the gun because you're like, I'm not, I'm not dying for this. I get that aspect of it. So like have them, give them more tools to use out in the field. And then they, uh, if there's a problem area, you can take a unit from each station and park it in that area until that problem's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know as far as I don't I'd like to see what how much fuel is used in patrolling and see if we can cut back on that and use that money and reallocate it to education in the city. It's just rethinking it. If mm-hmm. and it doesn't work, all right, it doesn't work. We can go yeah. back to patrolling and writing tickets and generating revenue that way. So yeah, no, that's that's an interesting thought for sure. And I know that there, you know, here in Madison, as in other places, you know, there is a focus on, on the community policing model, right, and being you know, right. present in neighborhoods and getting to know people. And, and that way also getting to know who the people um, who come into the system, you know, kind of the most might be. Right. Um, so anyway, yeah, definitely interesting and, topics. I know the city, I mean, there's an ad hoc committee kind of working through a whole set of recommendations from a police consultant. Um, I'm curious to see, you know, what recommendations that ad hoc committee will be coming out with. It'll be interesting. I mean, like, and I've I've heard from several other uh, reputable sources, I guess, but they're just like most of these police officers. Like half their time is they're essentially social workers. And it's like, all right, well, let's hire some social, social workers, workers to take care of this, and then they can focus on. But again, like the social workers, they're they're dealing with the same people over and over again. Right. So. Yeah. Complicated issues. And of course, there's always sure. a um, lot of nuances. Yeah. Yeah. And there's never enough resources to go around. Right. That's I mean, always seems to be the yeah. case. Yeah. Well, so um, I'm curious, what do you think sets you apart from the other candidates? I mean, you set up very clearly from the beginning, you know, one thing is, is unlike the others. Yeah. <laughs> here in this race. So yeah, walk us through that. Just 
from the feedback from I got from people talking after the last forum, it was just uh, you know some people walked over and were like, "Thank you for making that bearable," and I think it's it's a, a big aspect of public office and public service is communication. And I just I'm just a never I'm just a dude like I'm not special. I'm just someone who's trying to learn the ins and outs of municipal politics. And so I think I, I come off a little bit more relatable. One woman was like, I was having the crappiest evening. And she goes, and I just like came down to this. And she goes, you just like, you were the delight of the day. And I was like, oh, you're welcome. It was just me being me up there and not pretending to be anything I'm not. Yeah. I think uh, is what sets me apart. I saw a tweet that I think you shared or retweeted or something um, about another attendant, uh, uh, audience member coming up to you afterwards saying, you know, thanks for being a real human. Yeah. yeah. I think said, thanks kinda... for being the human being. Thanks for being the only human being on stage. I was like, oh, you're welcome. Yep. So you you, you are Nick Hart, the, the real human being candidate. Yeah, the so real human being candidate. There for you. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so also we learned that uh, you don't actually live in the city. No, I live – yeah, I live in the town of Madison. Yeah, so how did you find that out, first of all? We were turning in the uh, signatures on like what about an hour and 45 minutes before the deadline. We knew just from 2011 that we're like not all these signatures are going to be good. Like we kind of just knew. So we mm-hmm. kind of hung out and the guy's going through at the clerk's office and he calls another dude over and they sit there and have, they go, you don't live in Madison. And me and Matt both looked at each other like, who doesn't live in Madison? He goes, you don't. Nick Hart, you don't live in Madison. I was like, I'm pretty sure I live in Madison. I was like, I've lived here for 15 years. like, no, you live in the town of Madison. And we're like, what are they talking about? In the little area where I live over there by Tenney Park, there's like a three or four block area where that's the town of Madison that just hasn't been – Annexed in. Right. And so that that inevitably, I'm sure, made some of your signatures from neighbors, I'm guessing, yeah, that, that also about, invalid. Because... That struck about 10 signatures. Yeah. And yeah. I don't even think they knew. I think I saw one. They go, oh, did you get on the ballot? I go, yeah, but you guys know you live in the town of Madison? And they're like, what? I was like, <laughs> do you, you don't live in the city. So you, you found this out on the deadline day. Yep. So what did you do after uh, that we found out? They We turned in 210. They struck down 22. So we were 12 short. And we just grabbed some papers and hit the square, hit the coffee shops, hit a couple bars, and got about 18 signatures and came in with about 10 minutes, 10 minutes left. 10 minutes to spare. Yeah. Yeah. So what does this mean for you if you make it through the primary? They don't – I don't – according to the article, the uh, – I don't even think the lawyers knew. If I read that right, there was somebody, the, the attorney or someone was just like, what happens if he gets elected and doesn't live? And man, they're like, we don't know. So I heard from the clerk's office, and again, I, I can verify this for sure, but um, that if you made it through to the primary, you would have, would have to, to move, move to, to the city. Ten days before the before the general election date. Yep. yep. To set up presidents. So and, I'll just crash on Matt's couch. Yeah. Or, I mean, Raj Shukla, another candidate, Shukla. I think has also offered you yep. a, a spot in his house. So yeah. there's some uh, uh, candidate camaraderie Give there. Give me uh, – yeah. He told me I can stay on his porch. <laughs> that – yeah, that that's great. Um, it is, you it learn something new every day, yeah. you know, and and I think that day you definitely learned well, where where you actually live. I think what what's even more interesting is you know in 2022 these areas that are the town of Madison are being annexed into mm-hmm. what's happening to these 6,000 residents when that are primarily lower income. 76 percent are renters. What happens when this gets annexed into? I don't see the the property value going down. 
So what is going to happen to these 6,000 people that are mostly renters in these lower-income areas? Well, you raise a big my question, co- and there are huge included. questions associated with annexation, including, and I think Mo Cheeks brought this up at the forum as well, just about um, providing city services to yeah. those specific areas then. And um, as you said, that's there's a deadline of 2022 for that. Um, yeah. So that's that's coming up, and it's definitely an issue that the CAP time it'll is be, It'll be an issue so. in the next election. Well, so we've got a lightning round of some oh, okay. uh, some fun questions coming up. Um, but before this has all been fun. Oh, I'm so so glad you think so. Before we get there, um, I just wanted to ask if there's anything you'd like listeners to know about you as a candidate for mayor. Anything we didn't touch on? No, I'm a good read. I'm a good time. Uh, I can deliver bad news in a good way. <laughs> Nick Hart, the real human candidate. <laughs> the real human candidate. <laughs> Lightning round, similar vein to the, the forum that you were at. Okay. Um, first thing that comes to your Trying mind. To make them as entertaining as possible. Great. All right. Question number one is, what is your favorite festival in Madison? Favorite festival? Uh, I really like uh, the Taste of Madison. That's always been fun. I love September here. I moved here in, in September, and so that's just always been the month that feels like they, it feels like it felt when I first moved here. Like everything was new. Yeah, Fall of Madison is really great. Yeah, Fall in Madison is is September and October. I like I I planned to only be here one year. I especially after that first winter, I was like, nah, I'm not doing this again. <laughs> and then May hit, and I just got lulled to sleep. Next thing you know, it's Thanksgiving, and you're like, ah, I should have gotten out of here. Every year, but, yeah. winter does that to me. Yep. Now I love the winters. I can't get enough of it. Highs of negative fifteen. I love how miserable it makes everybody. I love winters now. <laughs> Born again Yankee. <laughs> All right, number two. What is your favorite sandwich in Madison? Favorite sandwich in Madison? Uh, it used to be Artemis over off Whitney Way. That was like twelve yeah. years ago. Artemis sandwiches were amazing. It was Artemis. The R.I.P. Uh, yeah, R.I.P. Firehouse makes some pretty good subs. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Uh, Final answer. Firehouse yeah. sub. <laughs> Firehouse subs. Something generic. <laughs> okay, third question. What's your favorite statue, landmark, or public art piece in Madison? I, I really like the – I don't know what they're called. They're over on Patterson, South Patterson, those birds, those ostrich metal birds. Near the water utility, right? And those I, like apartment They're complexes? outside. Yeah, they're outside the, the blue and silver buildings. I wrote. Yeah, a, I, wrote I, know, a, I, know, I know what you're talking about. I, I used to live over there. I don't know what they're called. I wrote, I wrote a novel based in Madison when I first moved here and like I put those in it. Like a, They were like That's creatures amazing. that actually – Talked. That's so great. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of Neil Gaiman-esque. I really like those. Those are always... That's a little known one. Yeah. I yeah. like that. All right. This is a little game of uh, would you rather. Would you rather have backyard chickens or backyard bees? Chickens. Chickens. Yeah. I'm not Both are permissible bees. in the city of Madison. I'm not messing code. with bees. <laughs> would you rather drink small batch coffee, kombucha, or beer? Uh, well, I don't drink coffee and I don't drink kombucha, but I don't drink beer either. Uh, small batch bourbon. <laughs> okay. Some all right. Uh, uh, would you rather travel around Madison by bike, bus, or car? Uh, but, uh, car. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Car. <laughs> you look like you have something else you want to say. Uh, just bikers, I just wish in this town weren't so smug. Um, there's a lot of share the road. It's like, well, I am sharing the road, but you're, you're on a bicycle. So just move over and let me go. Uh, but, yeah, I'm sure that'll do great for the biker vote. <laughs> um, don't be so smug, people. Would you rather go to the co-op or grow your own produce in your backyard garden? Uh, we grow our own herbs. Can you 
Get them to survive the winter. This is my problem. They are all – mine are currently uh, My girlfriend will bring them men to the house. So then we just have like scallions or green <laughs> onions, whatever you want to call them. Um, we have those growing. She's got – I don't know. She's into that, the whole green thumb whole thing. But thing. like she knows – she knows like to put stuff down in the winter. Like she's already planted bulbs and they'll all come up. And you're like, all right, you know more than I do. Like, yeah, I should go to her for some advice. Everything yeah. I plant dies. So I don't know what that says about me. Um, all right. How many different Madison neighborhoods have you lived in? I, I've only really lived in the Tinney neighborhood. Um, I lived on the 1000 block of East Gorham for a few years and then the 300 block of Ingersoll. And I don't recommend doing that because you just end up walking all your possessions instead of just putting them into a truck and moving them over. But I seem to do that a lot. <laughs> um, last question. If you were stranded on a desert island, which book and movie would you want to have with you? Oh, man. I don't know. Um Songs for the Doomed, maybe. Hunter S. Thompson, a big Hunter, t- Hunter fan. Okay. Uh, anything by Kinky Friedman, Chuck Palahniuk. I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. Any, anything by those authors. Uh, what was the other one? A movie. A movie? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. Something with Bill Murray in it. Stripes, probably. Okay. Yeah, Stripes. Well, that's all I've got for you, so thanks so much well, for being for here on the show. This, this was quite painless. Great. Glad <laughs> exactly. you think so. Yeah, right Nick on. Hart, Real Human Candidate, yeah. everyone. All right, that's it for Nick Hart. Thanks for joining us. You can also check out Cap Time's other podcasts like Corner Table, which is a dining podcast, or Wedge Issues, which focuses more on state politics. Um, you can subscribe to all these podcasts on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, and be sure to tune in next time. Mm-hmm.